0: Welcome to episode fifty-seven of Dealer Process Secrets podcast. I'm your host Philip Cheatham here with my co-hosts Brian Steele and Sterling Brown. What's happening, guys? What's
1: hey, happening? what's going on,
0: Phil? And today's show is going to be you got to push it, man. So uh, the the whole the whole thought behind this show today is really. Just a lot of stuff I actually see inside dealerships and and really when it all comes down to it, all the training you can have, all the, you know, all the motivation, all the uh, determination, all the skill set, all the reading, all the years at the end of the day, nothing changes. You got to push it. And that's uh, pretty much everywhere uh, inside the dealership. If you're, you know, in the front, you got to push it and get that customer. You got to push it, get more customers. You got to push it and make one more phone call. You got to push it inside the finance office like no other. Everybody knows I love to speak about finance, uh, but I mean, you're going to get half of your half of the stuff you sell back there or more is going to be because you pushed it a little bit, right? You had to actually deal with that no and come back and push it um and uh, and go and go hard, man. i mean, i I just I, I really wanted to do a show on this, man, because um it's what I see like I see so many almost sales in the finance office on the floor when I'm in dealerships, and I almost don't like saying this because people you know whose dealerships I was in are like, what do you mean? <laughs> fix it, right so and that's what I try to do anyway, but just, So many almost sales, so many almost successes. And I think it all boils down to you're never 100% prepared, right? You're never going to be ready all the way. And there's a certain point there when that customer says no to you. That's when you really got to push it, man. You got to go for it uh, with whatever you've got. 70% in the tank, 20% in the tank. Um, I talk about training a lot because I I feel like the push it is already there and it's not a lot of the times, you know, and I don't talk about this quite enough uh, because if you've got a great training, you've got a great process, you've got a great setup, you've got a great tee up. um, I'm not you know, I know exactly when I have to push it and I've got all the energy saved back in reserve to push it as hard as I need to when those opportunities and those times come up. It's not even opportunities. It's like prepared times uh, because I set up the customer the way that I do. Uh, test drive, if we're talking about on the floor, get them loving the store, get them loving the people, get them loving the whole deal, get them loving the ride. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, it's all teed up in the process and what I'm going to do next when I start asking for money. And then when it gets to the finance department, I've got them all psyched up about everything, uh, and there's a whole process there where I'm explaining the deficiencies in the warranty, uh, and I'm you know a lot of different things that it, that I'm going to do in there. But then when it comes down to me being on that third column or that fourth column, and I'm getting a no, no, we don't want to raise our payment forty dollars, we don't want to raise our, our payment fifty dollars. That's when I got to push it. So I do all those things so that, uh, my energy to push it is saved up. Right. And, uh, I create the points and when I know I'm going to have to push it, like I, I do everything, soft close all the way, all the way, all the way until, a certain line comes, and if I don't push it, I'm not getting anything. And it's a, it's a, there's a big difference, man. I mean, it's the, uh, it's the ten car guy versus the thirty car guy. Like the ten car guy does everything the thirty car guy does, but when it comes down to grind time and a deal's almost not going to happen, do you push it and make that deal happen? I'm done. What do you guys got?
2: I, uh, I had a real discovery moment when we were doing F and I training recently. And it was something that, like I had kind of naturally discovered, but maybe not like actually identified. It wasn't something that I was like, "Oh, that makes sense," is, you know, these people that are dropping closes all the way through, um, I believe that that sets off your what I call your crocodile brain, which is your amygdala. It's like your primal brain, that if you're dropping closes all the way through and you're trying to close all the way through um, you know, this ABC always be closing. And
0: and, and if you're going to get the product, you still got to push and maybe you have to push even harder. And you've been doing these little, like half push, half jabs all the way through that, that, you know, you're, if you could compare it to boxing, like you're not even, you're not even making contact, you know, they're, they're uh, wasted swings. Yeah. Plus you're going to, you're going to possibly put them
2: on the defense and that's going to like, make it harder for you to, go in for the ask when you want to do it.
0: Then you got to push it harder and you've already used up your energy. Exactly. Yep. And you still have to push it as a point though. Um, Yeah. And, and let's define push it. Um, I mean, uh, it's, it's that third column on the menu. I love talking finance and it's now I really can't raise my payment, man. You know, now you really, you've got to pull that toolbox out, set it up there, Oh, well, I do have you at three eighty. Remember you told me your budget was 400. Well, if you come into the service department, I mean, this is when you get, that's when you get into closing. And it's, I almost didn't even want to go into that because I don't do any of that in a situation, in a scenario where I'm doing a tee up and everything else. It's literally, does that make sense? Was my first close on the first column of the menu. Everything else was highlighting deficiencies. Uh, you know, the manufacturer makes me go over this stuff, blah, 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 blah. Some people don't like to hear that. That that is a diffuse mechanism, especially if you have the process right. Could be, could it be used incorrectly? Hell yeah, it could be used incorrectly, not under my process. But so, but the whole thing is that I'm teeing up the entire thing and then I'm trying to knock the ball in the hole. But sometimes the ball lands in the sand, far from the tea. I got to get out of, I got to get out of wedge. Now I'm going into golfing analogies. Right. So, um, but it's, it's that, it's that moment where, Oh, you know, you know what on the sales floor, you know what we were We were thinking about doing it, but we better not, we decided we better sleep on it tonight and we might want to see one more dealership in the morning.
1: Um, uh, I, I love the, uh, boxing analogy, the golf analogies. Those are perfect. I came up with a little uh, three P three step program. Um, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to probe. You're going to probe in a wise way. You're going to do it by doing your interview. You're going to have strategic conversation while you're signing up the client. You're going to gather information, and you're doing all of that so that way you can present. You want to present your products in a succinct, efficient manner, and you just want to let the customer make the decision. Maybe they need to. Maybe they make the decision that doesn't lead you to make that third. Uh, P and that third P is push that pushes the close that pushes being relentless in a way that is not going to disrupt the sale, but it makes sure that you exhausted every opportunity to get a product, more products, all the products
0: without going into too many details. I mean, everything you said, I just want to clarify one point of presenting the products. Um, the best way to present the products is to never present the products. And it's, it's, it, if you do that properly with the tee up, I'm highlighting the deficiencies in coverage of a warranty. It doesn't cover your, what your tires and wheels, your paint and chrome, your dents and your dings, your windshield, you know, whatever these, the products that I'm selling are after the warranty, uh, lease, uh, lease wear and tear. I'm highlighting the deficiencies in the coverage they have now. So by the time I get to that. Uh, menu it's three seconds on each product box remember uh, the tires and wheels well that's what this is covers remember this that's what this covers remember that this what this covers i never presented a product or explained a product and that's i i, I don't care if i if if uh if i i may have i felt like i gave a little bit <laughs> too much away there that's a that's, I mean, that's the absolute key. Uh, but I mean, you still got to sit there and come up with an entire pitch and presentation and everything else. And, and, uh, it all, it all boils around what products you're selling, but uh, regardless, even if you do that perfectly what this show is about what I wanted to discuss is if I have two guys doing that flawlessly and one guy pushes and one guy never pushes, you're going to be looking at the difference of six, $700 in PVR. There's nothing flawless. There's no time on earth that you're not going to have to push that. You're not going to have a customer tell you, Oh, you know what? We were just about to buy two seconds ago and we're going home. Do you shake their hand or do you push? Well, the difference between the person that shakes their hand and lets them go home and the person that sits them down and pushes to the point of, you know, um, at least trying and going through the motions, because I see that I see that handshake come out all the time. And in the finance office, it's just okay, they said they can't raise their payment. Sign here to decline. Uh, and those those are the moments that actually separate everybody. So, you know, truth be told, this is why, as a decent finance manager, you can go to a really organized store and you can go to a really crappy store and you can still make money because what really sets the difference between everything, as much as I believe in training and everything else, you've got to have that push in you. So I was trying yeah. to be, I mean. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? I mean, I'd love to hear you guys echo that push a little bit more, or even question me on it or ask me more about no. what it is. So I can pull it out and talk, you know, talk. Cause I know I can talk to it. Um, you know, if you want to ask me a question on it, it's just, uh, uh, or if you guys have something.
2: No, I always equate it to, I always call it blackjack business, right? Which and what I mean by that is like, if you're, you know, if you understand the game of blackjack and you're playing basic strategy And, you know, like you get a, you get a 16 and the dealer's showing a face card, uh, you got to take a hit, even though, even though it looks like you could bust or you could, you know, you're, you're probably going to bust or crap out or whatever. If you take that hit statistically, it's more probable that you're going to make a hand even though the margin of you know, even though the margin, yeah, you that's why man, I said
0: the difference was a ten car guy and a thirty car guy between the push. Yeah, the difference is seven hundred dollars in PVR between the push. You it because it, it and that's that's a great analogy, Brian. Because literally, what happens is that push where you feel like it's not going to happen. It happens more the time than it doesn't happen when you push and you start coming through with something in your brain. Hey, you guys were going to buy it two seconds ago. Why are you leaving now? Is it something I did? I mean, whatever you're going to do there and pull out from that, the real interaction that's going on. This is why role-playing sucks. But I mean, the real interaction that's taking place, all of them are different. There's so many different variables. Are you going to just hold your hand? They were about to buy two seconds ago. You know how many times the the guy just holds his hand out and lets them go. And that is the difference between 10 cars and 30 cars it's the difference between oh, yeah. 12, 1200 and 1900 in the finance office it doesn't matter how dialed in you are how good the stuff you have is it doesn't matter if you if your process is flawless if I put a guy in there that pushes that that uses the flawless process he just doesn't work much because the the areas where he's going to push is, as you guys have seen is is very specific and decided and set up and timed. Right. Versus the guy dropping closes all over the place, doesn't know when to close because he doesn't have any process teeing everything up. Still, the guy that's doing that, that's pushing versus the guy that's got the uh the key process, the key setup, the key buy-in from everybody in the dealership. They're all hitting on all cylinders, right? That guy that's not gonna push, I mean, he might do worse than the guy, that, you know, with no training at all that's pushing because. It, and this is why I wanted to talk about this. I love talking about training, but you've got to have that push in you. I mean, you can't just take a, uh, you know, hey, uh, we decided, you know, oh, we're just about to sign and we're going or, uh, you know what? I really like it, but uh, I can't go up another 20 bucks. And they tell you that three times and you have them sign. A lot of guys out there, they're telling it to them one and a half times, two times, and they're like, sign to decline. Um, yeah, that's it's part the- of my...
2: As part of my F and I presentation, I was always asking for it three, sometimes four times.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can even count it, and and you've heard the stories of the guys out there that were they were like when they came into this business, they were like they're going to get ten nos on everything before they before they give in. Which it's it's you're not insulting the customer. I mean, it's an emotional purchase. So, I mean, you gotta you gotta be the, their therapist, be their friends, drag them back in, and figure out what's wrong, you know, and take the time to do it. And a lot of times, it's like, oh, let me get to the next customer. Let me get oh, let me get to the next deal. Oh, uh, I don't want to. This is too awkward. The finance office is very awkward. I love it, but um, it, it, a lot of people that's you see a lot of people come in and just leave. They don't. They can't take it. But. Uh, um I thought it was I thought the awkwardness was a little comical and I tried to have some fun with it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. It's a it's great. But you you know, in that moment it's the last thing you want to do. The blackjack uh, analogy was awesome. You got any cool analogies like that Sterling?
1: Um I mean not the analogy, but I'm still pretty proud of my three piece. It gives you the opportunity to make sure when you get to that push, which is very important. Um, if I got to be honest, I think that that was one of the biggest disparities Phil, when you and I worked together was that push, um, how to do it is key. Uh, you got to be able to push without offending because if you're pushing, but you're offending, they're going to be offended. Um, and if you push and you're not making sense, then you're nonsensical. And, uh, Well, what's funny is
0: that story you're talking about the owner and eight years prior to meeting you, I want to say it would have been, yeah, about eight years prior to meeting you, the owner walked into my office early two thousands of that same store. And he told me, he goes, he goes, if you're not putting them on the ceiling, you're not doing your job. If they're not standing up, you're not doing your job. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> so uh, early on, I was basically told like, you know, uh, push it. Right. Uh, and that was, that was probably, a better, you know, and then you still have the survey tied to your pay plan. So, I mean, you've got to walk this tightrope. Uh, but, uh, you know, just having, having, that gave me backing. He didn't tell me to do any, because I've heard other stories of, you know, anybody listening to this, he didn't tell me to do anything illegal. He didn't tell me, he was basically just like, hey, in this office, what he was saying was in this office, if you're not, pissing some people off, sometimes not all the time, but you're, you're not getting a little bit of pushback. You're not pissing people off. Sometimes you're not really doing the job and uh, i'm not telling people to piss people off but you know taking that stab you're not when you know you're not doing anything wrong if this person just spent 2 hours with you or you're doing you're doing this deal maybe you did something wrong for all you know this person's going to have a gap claim this person's going to have a tire claim this person's going to have a vsc claim like it's it's on your duty to sleep well at night to ask them one more time they just spent 4 hours in your dealership this is the way i looked at it right so if they get mad at me Uh, I'm like, hey, look, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing as this person in this transaction with you to make sure that you at least know everything. You didn't miss anything. Hey, I pushed these products too far and you don't want them. Uh, That's okay. Uh, At least I pushed them. You know, you're telling me I pushed too hard. That's better than, you know, I didn't know those were available. Is it not? Right. So, and the the same thing with the customer inside the, inside the showroom that's leaving. If I try to sit them down one more time and take 20 minutes more of their time, um, they've already spent three, four hours there and didn't get a resolution to why they walked into the store. That was one of my favorite, this is still one of my favorite things to say is, you know, I don't like being a pushy salesperson. Well, you know, this person comes in with a problem and when you let them leave, you let them leave with the same problem. So you're actually helping people end something, a problem and solve a problem that they came to solve uh, when you're selling them a car. So you're ending a process that they that they say they don't like, that they most of them say they're not having fun in. um, And that's what you're actually doing for society. I mean, you're saving them time. You're going to be their go-to guy. You're making it easier. Uh, You do do serve. This is something else we've had on other podcasts. We should probably do it again. Um, Really what your role is as a car dealer uh, or somebody, a salesperson or a finance manager, you actually do have a role in society. People laugh if I just say it that way. If we start peeling it back, When you sell a car, how many people you employ. We've talked about this before. When you sell uh, a uh, paper insurance product inside the finance office, how many people you employ. If If it's something that needs to be installed, you literally employ, you know for a fact, like there's a person you can see being employed that gets to go install that, that wouldn't be installing it if you hadn't sold it. So it, it's uh, <clears throat> we we serve a giant mega purpose, and uh, you know when you let that customer leave, you basically wasted you've wasted their time. It's it's all it's, it's usually it's always you never put yourself in that position. You're always looking at it like they wasted my time. And if they're going to waste your time, here's another reason to push. If you feel like the customer wasted four hours of your time, how could you not just push and push and push? And I'm speaking to the choir and a lot of people out there that feel that way. And maybe that's the way your mind's set up. Good. If that's how it works for you. Great. There's a hundred different ways to skin a cat and look at it. Right. So awesome. I loved, uh, I think I, uh, I hit on all my points. You guys gotten anything else?
1: Uh,
2: I would just, I would just say that, um, you know, I love I love the push, but I think a good salesperson has a, a proper balance of charisma and control. And I think if you do it right, sometimes it doesn't even feel
0: like a push. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you can build up a certain book of business. You're never going to have no push in the F&I office. Yep. You're never going to have no push from the sales desk on some of your sales guys and some of your customers. Would you so, agree Yeah,
2: that? no, I Oh, yeah. But I, I feel like we hit it every hit you every could you could be.
0: I agree with you. You could be an old school sales guy with a book of business, takes no ups, get you know, he's done so right by his people. He gets referrals. He gets all their repeat business and he's good selling 30, 40, 50 cars a month, even uh, even a fleet guy. And it's just on autopilot. Uh, but in the finance office, there's no way. Not if you're taking new new customers. You literally be have to be a finance manager on referral. You've got to push. On the sales desk, you've got to push, unless every single one of your sales guys is the guy we just described. And then there'd really be no need for a sales manager. <laughs> yeah. No. The, I'm messing with you, man. The,
2: the push is abs the push is absolute. I just feel like there's a charismatic way to do it that you know doesn't make it feel as oh, well, pushy the- to the consumer
0: in the finance office, what I teach, I mean, is nonstop, just like laid back. Cool. Let me go over this with you. You know, make sure you pay attention because I'm bored going over this. I do this all the time. Like that's literally your attitude. I'm I'm also giving away more here. That's okay. Uh, And then by the time you get to the menu and you've gone through everything, uh, you know, it's hey, so this is covers this, this, and this, and this, does that make sense? Sign here. A lot of, you know, not a lot of the times it's, it's probably 15% of the times, if you're really good, uh, you're going to sell a first column or second column with no push. But by the time you get to that third column, um, you've got to do some pushing, man, if they're saying no, unless they're all, and look, there's, i That's me. So if I'm sitting in a finance office, like my toolbox, man, it's like tucked under my desk somewhere. And I'm doing exactly what you're talking about, Brian. But that's because of a process. That's because of everything. And very, but, but, I'm never going to not pull that toolbox out. When I get to that third column and there's a, there's a stuck moment and there's nothing there. And I've got room in this deal and I want to protect this customer. And I think that they should have these products and it's in their best interest. And they're telling me no. And they just told me no three times in a row. I go, oh man, you're going to make me go over here. And then I go under the desk and I pull my toolbox out. And that's, Hey, but you told me your payment uh, budget was a little bit higher than this. And let me go into this and explain this to you one more time, because maybe I didn't do it right. And I'm going there and I'm going to push and push and push. And I'm going to bring that push out. But but here's another thing, Brian. I mean, that's what you're talking about is finesse experience. Because when I was younger in the finance office, all I had was push. And when we're talking about that guy that's dropping closes all over the place, You know, you can definitely help that guy out, um, but still, uh, you know, over experience and developing that finesse is what you're talking about over a long term. You're not going to make it without without that push in the beginning. Um,
2: Oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not debating. I'm not debating push at all. I'm just saying if you do it the right way with it, with a certain amount of charisma, you
0: you know, it's not going to feel like a push as much but I'm, but I, I'm not debating the push. Well, you all. get better and better, but I mean, it's like, uh, it's not, this is not a, uh, this is not a, Oh, I was like that last year or last week. This is more of like a sculpture that's like sanded over like years and years and years. And it gets a little bit smoother and smoother. <laughs> right. I mean, seriously. Right. I mean, cause you have to have that push and then you're able to, push without pushing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, but that's like, that's that, that's that like sanding of just finer and finer and finer over, over years and years and years. Anyway, this was a great show. Uh, Thank you, Sterling. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for everybody listening and have a great day. Awesome. Thanks.